Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Fully podcast. I'm so happy to have you back for today's episode, which is a really important one. So have you ever felt misunderstood in a conversation? Like whatever you had to say was just not getting through to the other person. Well, this happens all the time. It happens with me. It happens with my spouse and I. It's happened to me in so many different times in my life. And I fancy myself a pretty good communicator. But I'm doing this episode today because this also happens a lot in business relationships. It happens in families. It happens all the time. And it's so important. And it's like you can be speaking a totally different language sometimes (laughs) than the person sitting in front of you. And you can both leave a conversation feeling frustrated as if you've walked around in circles for hours and hours. And to me, being a great communicator is essential to living a happy life and having healthy relationships. And you know what's funny? In a world where we can be connected 24-7, I feel like we, as a whole entire culture, can be really challenged when it comes to being confident in communication with each other. And whether you're communicating with a spouse, a coworker, or even yourself, being a compelling communicator, it's an essential skill to creating deep connections, which is so important in our lives, to overcoming challenges and to just, you know, building leadership and being a leader, whether it's in your family or in your office or in your friend group. So you might be telling yourself that you're just not a good communicator, that it's not a strength of yours, or maybe you just walk away from a conversation telling yourself that the other person just wasn't listening to you, that it is simply a lost cause. Well, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to accept defeat when it comes to clearly communicating in any relationship in your life. And I have a lot of experience with um, different things in my life where I've learned to become a really good communicator. So that's what I'm here to share today. And if you're tired of sitting through two-hour pointless meetings or you're ready to actually have a productive and graceful conversation with your spouse, or you're just ready to become a better communicator in life, not just on social media or behind a screen, then this episode's for you. So it is time in this episode to turn all of us into what I call a master communicator, And be able to truly motivate our communication with our mission. Because we don't want to just aimlessly talk. We want to learn to communicate our mission, who we are, what we're trying to say. This is essential in relationships, in our lives, in our our everyday. And I want to start this off with a little story. And something that I really value when it comes to me learning how to be a great communicator. So... Nine years or so ago, when I did Miss America, an interview portion of doing these pageants is, it's critical. So back when I did it, now things have changed and it looks a lot different. But back when I did Miss America, 
the interview portion was 35% of your total score. So the interview portion is 35%. I think talent was like 30%. An onstage question was maybe 10 or 15. Swimsuit was like 10%. And I can't remember like where the other 5% came in. But anyways, this interview is critical. And it's critical because in the role of Miss America or Miss Kentucky or whatever, you have to be a great communicator. So when I was Miss Kentucky, I spoke to like 500 schools or something. I got to speak on the Senate and House floor. I got to speak to so many amazing local groups. I got to speak in in jails. I got to speak at detention centers. I got to speak in so many different arenas. And it was super critical to be able to communicate with whatever audience I was speaking with that day. So that's why these interview portions of these pageants, they're so important. I hate to even use the word pageant because I feel like pageant comes along with a negative connotation, but the Miss America organization to me and the role that I played within my state, it was truly amazing. And I've talked about this before, so I won't go into that story, but just long story short, this interview portion, it's, it's super important. So I competed in Miss Kentucky for three years before I won, and I truly believe that the reason that the first and second year I didn't come through in those interviews was because I wasn't a master communicator yet. And here's the thing, like I could speak to anybody in front of me my entire life. I could speak to a room, but sometimes when it's really critical to get your point across and for me to get those judges to believe that I was the best candidate for this job and that like my heart was in the right place and that I truly wanted to motivate kids and that my platform of autism awareness, it was really an important one to me, I had to be able to communicate what I was feeling in a 15-minute time span. So it was really important for me to be able to get like the meat of what I was saying across to these people who didn't know me from anywhere but a piece of paper that was sitting in front of them. So that's where I really learned how to be a master communicator. And I had a coach that helped me that third year because, you know, this lady, her name was Monica, and she really came through. And I think it's the reason I almost won Miss America is because my interview was was really, really strong. And she came through and she was like, look, you know, we've got some work to do because it's not that the idea of what you're trying to say is not there. That's not it. It's the way you're communicating it. And how we started this process was I would do these mock interviews and she would videotape me. And it is really astounding to see yourself speak, to see how you communicate the things that mean the most to you, to see the expression on your face, to see yourself talking in circles sometimes. That was one of my things. I was, I was rambling and going on and on when I knew what I was trying to say, but they say people stop listening to you after like the first 30 or 60 seconds anyways. And I was talking a lot more than that. So we started out with that. And there were two things that I realized about myself. One, I'm a really happy and upbeat person. I, I'm, I'm always, you know, positive. I'm about like living your life to the fullest. And the expression on my face sometimes when I was really serious or really trying to get a point across was not that. I was not always smiling whenever I talked about something happy or upbeat. And it just didn't really match with what I was trying to convey. So that was the first thing that I noticed. And you, if you're a person that is like, I'm not going to videotape myself, speak in the mirror and watch how you communicate what it is you're trying to say. So that was one thing was my facial expression. And the second thing was I was just rambling. I was going on and on and speaking around and around the actual point that I was trying to say. And by the time I got to the point, 
those judges, I think, they had stopped listening. So I really, really had to hone in on, and you never know what they're going to ask you. So I had to hone on, in on what are the things that I'm trying to get across? So if, if you are a person that's like walking into a hard conversation with a spouse or that has a coworker that you just can't seem to get to listen to your ideas or a friend that just seems like they're glassy-eyed every time they're talking to you, think about what is the point that you're trying to get across in this conversation. That's kind of what I was doing in these interviews. What is the point I'm trying to get across when they ask me that question and try and get to that point sooner and be really aware of when you're going off the rails. So that's just my own personal experience. And I became a master at that back then. And my interview was really solid and I scored really high in that that part. But most importantly, I just feel like I was able to truly communicate who I was, which is such a critical skill in life. So what I realized from that situation is that I wasn't wrong. The other person, those judges, they weren't wrong. I just needed a new way to communicate. So if you find yourself in a similar situation over and over again, here are some tangible tips to take you into your next conversation. All right. So how much easier is it for you to communicate with someone who is similar to you, has the exact same likes as you, who you feel comfortable around? How much easier is it to communicate with a person like that versus a stranger off the street or somebody that you work with or are friends with that you don't have that much in common with? That's a no-brainer. It's obviously a lot easier to communicate with a person that you have rapport with. So I think this is going to be a really easy tip and one that I'm going to start with today. So you want to make sure that you're building rapport with people that you're communicating with every day. You can build rapport by finding things you have in common with other people. People tend to be more comfortable with things that they have commonalities around. Another thing is ask questions. So asking about people's families, finding things that you both like to do, you know, these are really easy ways to build rapport and find commonalities, which is going to make communicating just right off the bat a lot easier. But according to Tony Robbins, yes, it's important to build rapport, but I really love something that he says. I always tend to go back to some of the points that Tony Robbins makes because I think he's super brilliant, especially in terms of being a master communicator. And he says that the real secret to building rapport lies in nonverbal communication. So that goes back to what I was saying when I was training for interviews back nine years ago. I was giving nonverbal communication that was not congruent with the things that I was trying to say. And apparently nonverbal communication and body language makes up 93% of what people respond to. Now that's huge. So if you're a person that can't make eye contact or if you don't tend to smile or be upbeat when you're talking about something happy, you could be conveying something totally different. So this is really important to pay attention to and something that I've learned in the years that I feel like I've been learning to be a good communicator. And Tony even teaches this tactic that he calls mirroring, where he talks about how you can match someone's body movements and energy level, even like their breathing pattern. So so if someone is being like super upbeat and talking to you about something, if you can match their energy level and be kind of upbeat when you're responding to them, if you kind of follow their movements. And it's just this really fascinating thing about mirroring this other person that that can establish a connection just by changing your body language. And that makes sense, especially if, you know, all these studies say that 93% 
of it is nonverbal communication, it makes sense why this mirroring technique would work. So if a person's like talking with their hands, just try this out. You know, you try kind of talking with your hands. I never want you to seem, you know, inconsistent with something that you would normally do. But there are different like tactics and techniques that can elevate us in different things in terms of communication. So after you've mirrored like their movements as a small test, basically you can then respond and you can see if the person follows your movements. There's like something really fascinating apparently that happens. And this is a sign that you've established that rapport, that your communicating is on track. It's a really fascinating thing. And people who are good communicators, they know that If they run into resistance, if that person is just not jiving with them, instead of saying, you know what, it's the other person, everything is just off because it's the other person, they realize that there are steps that you can take to establish more rapport and to connect with that person and to have a better chance at communicating with that person the next time. And you know, this is another thing that I feel like is personal to me because there are people, and it used to really bother me when I feel like someone didn't understand me. It, you know, Honestly, it still bothers me some to say (laughs) whenever I feel like someone just doesn't get what I'm trying to say because I know what I'm trying to say. And I know that my intentions are are really true and that what I'm trying to come across is is something that if they understood it, I feel like they would jive better with me or, you know, whatever it is. And and I feel like it's really important to learn how and really strive to be a better communicator with that person, especially if it's a person who is in your life, whether you like it or not, say it's a family member or it's a coworker. If you can continue to try some of these techniques and become a better communicator, it can really transform your environment, which is a really critical thing to have a great environment for you to be able to live your life to the fullest. And it can really help you to become a better communicator, to try and really work on these conversations that tend to be more challenging. All right. And the second technique, and one that's really important and one that I've learned in a lot of therapy is before entering into a conversation, have an end goal, but release yourself of an outcome. So this is going to really help you to sit and truly hear what the other person is saying, rather than simply trying to prove your point. And my gosh, if we have not um, learned so much about that in our relationship, you know, Kyle and I, in the beginning of our relationship, I feel like we're not as great of communicators as we are now. And this was a really big one. And that's why I've included it as one of these techniques to become a good communicator. Because I think that this is one that we all tend to do. And this is one that I'll fall back into every once in a while, I feel like in my own life. Sometimes you go into a conversation and you just want to prove your own point. You are just watching that other person's lips move so that you can pounce like a tiger and say what it is that you're trying to say because we just need to enlighten the other person. (laughs) I'm guilty of that, and I'm sure a lot of you guys listening are also guilty of that. And I'll tell you what, when I learned this skill and when I learned, hey, this is the point that I'm trying to get across, but I'm going to let go of the outcome because you cannot control things that happen in the world. I was able to truly listen to the other person's point. And that's something else that we're going to talk about in a minute is being a good listener. But this was huge for me. And another one of my favorites, Gary Vee, he says, um, he's spoken on this before. He says, release a positive outcome in favor of learning. 
So whether that's learning, you know, something that's on the other person's mind or learning something that you can work on, you know, try and do that. Obviously, we all want to um, have a goal so that we just don't aimlessly go into these conversations, but release that positive outcome and really try and hear what the other person is trying to say. So don't be so set on proving your own point that you miss the mark altogether. I feel like this is going to really foster unity with the person that you're communicating with rather than becoming accusatory, which I feel like we're all guilty of. Because something that I have learned in my own life is that negative outcomes, they hurt a heck of a lot more when they're over-attached to positive outcomes. So when you've got that expectation and it is just grand and has rainbows and sparkly things all around it, and it doesn't end up ending up like that, you're a lot more hurt because you expected something totally different. So if you can truly release all of that and stay in your lane and keep learning, you can become a really powerful communicator and you can really transform your life and your relationships. I feel I've done it in my own life. And you know, I can remember this really tangible tip from when Kyle and I went to couples therapy, like when we started going a while back, they said, approach an important conversation and something that maybe bothers you or that you feel a certain way about saying, when you blank insert, you know, whatever it is that when you do whatever your spouse is doing that's made you upset. When you blank, it makes me feel blank. So by going into a conversation saying, when you do this, it makes me feel like this. Instead of pointing fingers and accusing and saying, you did this and it made me do this. It is a really, really powerful thing. So that's just a little tangible tip from something that I use on a daily basis when something is bothering me. And hey, we all know in our relationships, it doesn't matter how great of a relationship you have. I have a great relationship with my spouse, but there are always things that he will do or that I will do that make each other feel a certain way. And if you can learn how to communicate about those things, you can really have a beautiful relationship. So that's just a little personal tip that I have that I still use to this day that kind of goes along with that technique. And moving on to the next technique. So you guys are all great listeners because you're sitting here listening to me talk for 18 minutes, but being an active listener is something that is so important. And in harder conversations or in conversations where you feel like you're being misunderstood or where you're not being a great communicator, it can be really great in the conversation if you are able to repeat back what you think the other person is saying. So if you're talking to a spouse and you're having a serious conversation, say you're having a serious conversation about a parenting style or something about a child. When your spouse is talking to you and saying, here's what I feel and here's what I think and I think that we shouldn't do this or we should do this. If you can repeat back to them. So what I hear you saying is you think it's important for our child to whatever it is, go to bed at 7.30 because this. And then you state your response. That's going to really help you be a better listener. It's also really going to help because by stating back your interpretation of the words, this is going to allow the other person to restate something that maybe you misunderstood or maybe you took the wrong way. And this is super vital in communication and in particular in building relationships that you really understand what the other person is saying. And so much gets lost in translation all the time, every day in life. And we can sit and we can stew about something that we think somebody's thinking or saying, 
about us, and it can affect our day-to-day and us living our lives to the fullest, I feel, more than a heck of a lot of other things. So I think this is something that's really important. So by keeping these assumptions away, it's going to help neither side to become defensive because once you become defensive in a conversation, I feel like it's just game over and you just need to say, you know what? I can't have this conversation right now. I'm going to have to restart it again tomorrow, whatever that is. You know, active listening can really become a foundation of effective communication if you're able to stay in that conversation, if you're able to really listen, if you're able to hear what that other person's saying, not misunderstand them and really respond, it can create really beautiful things. <laughs> I'm sounding like so hippy-dippy in the clouds, but I'm telling you, this is something that's close to my heart and something that's transformed my own life. But it really can. It can build relationships. It can build careers. It can build friendships. And truly, before entering into a conversation, making an intentional decision to listen, it can transform your life. And there are really small little practical things that you can do that I've practiced before in my life. For instance, saying, I'm going to make a conscious effort not to interrupt the person talking. Even if it's something that you're really passionate about or something that you're really excited to have a conversation around, trying not to interrupt the other person and being really conscious of that, that can be something that's really hard. Especially, I think it's the Enneagram 7 that they have a really hard time giving another person the space to process and speak. And it's not just them. It could be if you're in a conversation with someone, for instance, who speaks a lot slower or faster than you, if you're speaking to that person, sometimes it's really hard to communicate. You know, it's really funny. So my dad and I, I'm going to give another personal example. So my dad speaks at a much slower pace than me. So when we were doing The Amazing Race, The Amazing Race is this travel show you race around the world. It's a reality TV show. It's on CBS. And a big part of these episodes are these interviews that the contestants, which me and my dad, we were a team, that we do on camera. So basically, like my dad and I, we're sitting beside each other and we're describing whatever challenge we did in whatever country we did and how we felt about what happened with the other teams, all this stuff. It's like what makes the show the show. And when we were interviewing and, and auditioning to be on The Amazing Race, they said, that, they said that to us in our interviews. They said, you know, if we can get about 75% less of you, <laughs> pointing at me, and about 50% more of your dad, and we can kind of like come together with you communicating what you're feeling to the camera, then we got a team. And it was a lot of work for my dad and I because I was the one that was talking, talking, talking. My dad kind of sat back and he listened more and he spoke a lot slower. So I would jump in. And it was something that uh, it was an experience in my life where I really learned how to communicate and how to give space to somebody that speaks at a slower pace. And it was funny. It was another one of those instances where I learned a lot by watching myself talk on camera. So that's just something, you know, another point, if you feel, you know, I can't really communicate with this person, what is off, think to yourself, do I have a lot of a different pace than they do? And trying to maybe slow the way that you talk down, maybe trying to speed it up a little bit, or maybe just trying to do that simple tip that I gave a while ago of not interrupting the other person and just being more conscious of it. These are all things that are going to help you in communicating and help you in particular in being a better listener to the other person that may have some differences in their communicating style. 
And another thing too, you know, I just talked about that thing with my dad and I and the pace, the paces, but just going back to what I said a while ago, have you ever been in a conversation with a friend where you were talking about something and later in the conversation, you repeated back to them what you thought they said? And they're like, no, 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 I meant this. Like what you interpreted was completely different than what they were trying to say. It happens all the time. So I feel like that's why that repeating back to the person what they're saying, that can be a game changer in an important conversation in particular. And on to the last tactic of being a great communicator. So say you have just come to a resolution. You have truly communicated your point. The other person has. You had this amazing conversation with someone. Once this conversation is coming to a close and you found this amazing resolution from a conflict or you found a solution to an obstacle, whatever it is, Ask for clear action or direction moving forward because a lot of times it's like we've had this great conversation, everything's worked out great. You walk away from the conversation and you end up right back at the conflict that you had the conversation around in the first place because you didn't state a clear direction or action that you guys were going to take from that conversation. So, for example, this could be a follow up email with a coworker saying at the end of the conversation, okay, so you're going to email me this, or I'm going to email you this, whatever that is. Or it could be asking your spouse to include you in their next decision around finances, or it could be with a friend, maybe they're asking you to hold them accountable for something. For you to say to that friend, okay, so the next time you're triggered by this, you're going to call me, right? Just having some sort of action that comes from that, that clear conversation that you had so that you can really make real changes in your life or in your relationship or whatever it is. And this might seem redundant because you're like, we just talked about that. Like, why do we have to say it again at the end? But I'm telling you what, distilling that conversation down into a simple, actionable next step, that can really help with expectations when you're coming out of an important conversation like that. And that is the goal at the end of the day is to have a conversation to make real lasting changes in our lives, to make our lives better. So I really feel like these tactics, you know, they can, they can really transform you as a communicator. They can really make differences in conversations. But at the bottom of it, when it all boils down, just like we talk about on this podcast all the time, it can really help you to create a life that is more full. If you feel that you're more understood, if you feel that you can communicate the things that are in your heart and on your mind better to another person. And I'm so excited to share this episode with you guys today because of that and to see how you guys are able to put these practices in place in your own lives because communication truly is an essential part of living fully. So I really hope these tips and techniques can deepen your relationships and accelerate your careers and deepen your friendships and ultimately can help you lead a happier and more fulfilling life. Because at the end of the day, ain't that what we're all trying to do? (laughs) So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and for allowing me to communicate this thing that is an obsession and a passion and a driving force of mine helping you guys to live your lives to the fullest. So thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next Monday for another great episode on trying to help you guys do just that. 
Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.